You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Fasten your seatbelts because I'm going to have to hurry, okay? Three things today. Here's the, here's the first one. I'm going to start with the heavy hitter. I'm going to start with the most important. A lot of times, you know, you want to build a big one. I'm going to hit the big one first because I want to make sure I get all that set. I have to cut the other two short, and I'm probably going to have to, okay? Here's where I want to begin. I'm going to begin with this. Is if we're going to have impact in our communities, we have to pray the prayer. Pray the prayer. Pray the pro- I'm going to tell you what prayer I'm talking about. Pray the prayer. It's not enough to just talk the talk. Can I get an amen? But you know what? What do we say? It's not enough to talk the talk. You have to. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say this. It's not enough to just walk the walk. You know, because we say we got to don't just talk the talk. You got to walk the walk. And so let's go a little further. Because you need to put your money where your mouth is. Don't just talk about it. Don't just walk it out. But support it. Write a check, whatever you got to do, that kind of thing. But I'm going to tell you, I, I'm going to say it again. It's not enough to, to uh, talk the talk. It's not enough to walk the walk. It's not enough to put your money where your mouth is. We got to pray the prayer. Um, let's take A21, for example. You know what A21 is? It, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a ministry that actually is rescuing people from from uh, the sex trade, it's rescuing people that 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 have been uh, that have been kidnapped, forced into into the sex trade, and you know it's it's not enough for you to just go on social media and say that you support a twenty one. I mean that's a good thing, so that but that's talking the talk. You can walk the walk because they actually have a walk, and the walk is to 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 get other people. To, to stop for just a minute and think, you know, this is a bad thing. Is this really happening? And it's to get people's attention. But just walking the walk's not enough. You need to take your checkbook out. If you believe in this, you need to take your check back out, checkbook out, and you need to put your money where your mouth is. But that's still not... Is that enough to really change what is going on in our communities? We had a hor- horrible event happen with a little three-year-old girl. The past couple of couple of weeks, a horrible event, and uh, it, it just highlights this this one issue right here. It is not enough to just talk the talk and walk the walk and even put your money where your mouth is. The church needs to be praying the prayer. You got to pray the prayer. You're the church. You're his. You're his followers. You are the one bathed in his blood. You've been given the promises. You've been given the anointing. You've been given the power. You've been given the authority. There's no one else that can do what you can do. You can call the power of God into the lives of the people around you. You've got to pray. The pr- what's, what's this prayer you keep telling? Tell us what the prayer is. Okay, I'll tell you. Let me remind you. About a, about a month ago, when we were talking about rediscovering Jesus, and uh, that sermon on questioning Jesus, if you missed that one, you need to go hear that one too. Because a lot of, we have a lot of questions of God. We have a lot of questions about things that are going on. And in this, I talked about how the disciples, they kind of asked this question that we all have, why do bad things happen? Now, what they asked was, Jesus, why is this man blind? They were basically saying, why do bad things happen? And Jesus' answer to them was, you know, in this realm, this wasn't his exact words, but basically what he was saying was, the power of God has not yet been displayed in this man's life. So what's the answer? 
The an- what's the answer? The answer is for someone to pray the prayer that reveals the power of God into people's lives. The answer is not just to talk the talk, not just to walk the walk, not even just to put your money where your mouth is. All of that's important, but the church is supposed to be praying the prayer that reveals the power of God into people's lives. I mean, we need prayer. Somebody just before service uh, said, mentioned that family. We need to be praying for that family. You know, and, and we all said amen. And you know what? We need to be praying for us. We need to be praying for our communities. We need to be praying for our world today. And, and who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? There's no one that can except for us. You need to pray the prayer. How do you do that? I'm going to tell you five ways, as quick as I can, to pray the prayer that reveals the power of God in people's lives. Here's the first one. Pray the blood of Jesus. This, this is one, uh, one of mine that I pray all the time. Pray the blood of Jesus. Now, when we think of the blood of Jesus, we think of forgiveness of sins, right? Thank God for that. That happened. The blood was shed on Calvary so that you and I could have forgiveness of sins. But that wasn't the only thing that happens through the blood. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Simon Peter's writing there under the, uh, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and saying this, that by his wounds on his back, his stripes on his back, we, we are, were healed. And he's quoting from Isaiah that was actually written hundreds of years before Jesus died on the cross when Isaiah prophesied that by the stripes on his back, we would be healed. Now, what happened when they beat Jesus back with that cat of nine tails and they ripped his flesh open? What poured down his back as they were ripping his flesh open on his back? Blood. So we were healed by what? We were healed by this blood. So there's more power in the blood than just forgiveness. Let me show you a little bit. And this is the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 12. Let me show you a little bit of a foreshadow. This is one of my favorite, one of my favorite little illustrations to just bring everything out. Is, is if you understand what the Passover was, I mean, because most of you have seen, I mean, some of you, you know, my age or older, you saw the old, you know, the Ten Commandments thing, right? The old, old, old movie, you know, uh, that Charlton Heston, you know, Brenner, those guys, the old, old movie. Or you've seen Prince of Egypt, some of you who are a good bit younger, maybe, uh, those things. And so you understand this. In, in Egypt, the Israelites were living, God, and God wanted to get them out of Egypt. They wanted to get out of Egypt. So God gave them a plan, and this plan became the Passover. And the Passover was where they, they killed this lamb, you know, and, and they drained the blood. They actually collected the blood. They had something to do with it that night. But they, they drained the blood, and, and they, they had this meal they called the Passover, and God delivered them the very next day. The very next day, they were delivered. And, and so ever since then, uh, for, for hundreds of years, the Jews hundreds and hundreds of years, many centuries, the Jews remembered this day and they, they celebrated this until the night before Christ's death when he changed Passover to what you and I call communion or the Lord's Supper. A lot of the same stuff and Jesus, Jesus just changed it to this. So, so when we look back at Passover, what we realize now is he was talking about Jesus. This whole thing was about Jesus. This was a foreshadow to show us. And here's what happened to Passover that night. They killed this lamb, symbolic of Jesus Christ, the blood was shed, symbolic of Jesus Christ, and then the, the dad, the head of the house, he took the blood and he was told because that night there was trouble coming to all of Egypt. And this trouble, and, and, and the trouble that happened it isn't really important, but this was bad trouble, okay? And, and I, I don't, I don't want to say it's not important, but it's not important this because I want you to get that it's not just this one thing. Okay, trouble was coming, and so what the, what the dad had to do is he took the blood and, and he was told to go out on the porch 
You know, whether they had porches back then or not, I don't know, okay? But you and I have porches, so we get that, right? Go out on the porch, take some hyssop, which is kind of like a sponge, dip it in the blood, and strike the top of the doorpost and the side of the doorpost. And mark that house so that when trouble came passing through, the, tr the trouble would look and see and would just keep on going because this place had been marked by the blood. Okay, now, now you may say, well, that's a weird thing. You know what? Sometimes God's just weird. Okay, he is. Right? You know, he's just weird. And yeah, it is kind of a weird thing, but this is the way God chose to do it. And he said, if you'll do this, your family's going to be protected. So you know what? When God says that, I don't, I, don't, I don't argue about the weird anymore. Once God says, this is what's going to take care of your family, I'm ready to do it. Say the word. That's what we just sang a few moments ago. God, say the word, and I will, I will, I will step out on the sea. I will, I will wade out in the depths. If this is what you, it may sound weird, but this is what it was. And I really like, I don't, I don't know who, who came up with this, this thought, but I've, I've seen it a lot of times since, since then, is if you watch and you think about it, now think about spiritually, not just that there's a doorpost here, but just, just, think, just think spiritually here that if you take the blood, and you go up and you strike the very top of it. You just made a line of blood straight up right across that door, right? And then the next thing they did is what? They went over here and struck this side, and then they made a line and struck that side. What did you do? They just made a cross of blood right across the, that doorway, right? A foreshadow of Jesus Christ. Here's what I'm telling you is we need some men to get back on the porch. We need some men to get back on the porch and pray the prayer that reveals the power of God into their lives. You, you got problems in your life. You got problems in your home. You got problems in your marriage. You got financial problems. What you need to be out on the porch, and I know you do. You talk to me about them, right? You need to be on the porch and praying against it, and not just for the stuff that you see. These men that that went out that night to 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 mark their doorposts, they didn't know what exactly what was happening. They knew it was going to be bad. They knew people were going to die. They did not know exactly what was going to happen. But they marked that, and because of that, they were protected from any danger that night. And, and, and when we pray the blood of Jesus, or, or sometimes we, we call it pleading the blood of Jesus, that's what we're doing is we're protecting our families and our homes and, and the things that we have. And so and we don't just need men to go do it. We, we, spiritual heads of the house. You know, some of you teenagers, you are the spiritual head of your house. There's nobody else in the family that's a Christian. You need to be out on the porch praying the prayer and pleading the blood of Jesus. But we don't need to just do it there. If, you're, if you go to school, I, I dare you, once a week, get there five minutes early and go find you some kind of a, a the, most schools have a porch, go find the porch, sit down there if you have to and just pray the prayer. If you, go, if you own a business, I dare you, once a week, get there a little bit early and stand on that porch and pray the prayer. If, if wherever it is that, that you have connections and communities, I dare you, at least once a week, get out there in front of everybody else between the trouble that is coming and, and, the, and the things that you want to protect and pray the prayer of the blood of Jesus Christ over that and see God protect, okay? It's because it's not just about us, it's about others. So here's the second one, pray the name of Jesus. Why? Why do we need to pray the name of Jesus? Because, and I can't, I can't go through all these scriptures, and there's a bunch more on the Connect page, churchswing911.com slash connect. Go to the sermon notes, and all these scriptures are there, and I can't mention all of them. But why do we need to pray the name of Jesus? Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. 
You got problems? At the name of Jesus, the knees of those problems are going to buckle and they're going to have to fall. You, 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 got pro, you got problems. You got things whispering in your ear about all the, all the stuff that's going to happen. You got fears or worries or concerns or depression whispering in your ear. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every one of those tongues will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all to the glory of God the Father. That's why we need to be praying in the name of Jesus. But, but, but here's, here's, here's one thing about praying with that kind of authority. How do I, get, how do I have that authority? Authority is connected to accountability. That's one of the things you'll read in these scriptures right here. Is you've got to have the authority and you don't get the authority without accountability. You go get a job at Walmart, and they hire you to work in the, in the uh, customer service area, and uh, you're supposed to help people like get their refunds. That's one of the things you do there, right? You know, but if, if you just start handing out money to everybody that walks in the door, you're going to have your authority revoked. You're going to probably lose your job, right? Because you have to stay in accountability. Okay, so get this. Salvation is free, right? But you want blessings with that? You have to put yourself in accountability with the Word of God. And, and, and listen, you, you, you want to, you wanna, most of you in this room, your, your eternity is secure. But you want something more power. You want authority to be able to pray the prayer over your sick children. You want to be the authority to pray the prayer over your finances? Then you've got to make sure everything in your, in, in your life, to the best of your ability, lines up in accountability with the Word of God. And when you do, authority comes from that accountability. That you don't get to just, you don't get to just say, God, I, I need $100. How about sending me $100 today? No, that in accountability there is authority, and then you get to pray the prayer of authority. So pray in the name of Jesus. Here's another one. Turn the promises of God into prayers. Let me give you a couple of examples of this. Okay? And I, I don't know. Google it and you'll see. I, hundreds of promises in the Word of God. And every one of them can be turned into a prayer like this. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Exodus 14 and 14. And there are other scriptures right there. All on the, all on the connect page in the sermon notes. And so what do you do? Turn that into a prayer. God, you know, I'm fighting a battle right now that I didn't see coming, and I don't know how to, how to win it. But your word shows me in a lot of places that you fight for those who are following after you. You fight for those who are your children. You fight for those who belong to you. And I'm just saying, God, today, i got to have you show up, and i gotta fight. I got to have you fight for me. That's how you pray that prayer or pray that scripture or, or this one, uh, James 1 and 5. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God. He will give it to you. He won't rebuke you for asking. How do you pray that? God, and, and listen, more scriptures than just that one. And say, God, you know, I've got this big decision to make, and Lord, I need wisdom beyond my years. I need wisdom that, beyond this world's wisdom. And, and your word tells me if I ask for wisdom, you'll give it to me, Lord. And so I'm asking you to give me wisdom to make the right decision in this way, in this, in this opportunity that I have before me, in this challenge. That's how you pray, the, that's how you turn the promises of God into prayers. Here's the fourth one is uh, pray in agreement with another Christian or Christians. You, you hear me say a lot at the end of service. If you've been here a while, you heard me say a lot at the end of service. Jesus said this. That's the first scripture right there, Matthew 18, 19. Where two of you agree together concerning anything on this earth, it will be done of my Father in heaven. Now, that doesn't mean you get to go out there and fight two of you. Okay, we've got, got that accountability thing again there. Okay, if you're going to have this kind of authority, you've also got to be in the accountability. But where two of you agree about anything, Jesus said, my Father in heaven's going to do it for you. 
And if you read the rest of these scriptures, here's what you're going to find. God chose to set it up this way that you and I would have authority through agreeing together. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. That's why when somebody tells you something weird that you need, God told me to do this, that you, to tell you that you need to go do this, get that thing confirmed with somebody else, okay? Don't just go run off and do something weird or crazy or strange, you know, sell your house and go, go off and do something that, you know, and you've never heard anything in you and somebody told you, you it needs to be confirmed in the mouth of two, that's that scripture, okay? And there they are, right there. God set this up this way, is that there's power and agreement. So if you, listen, if you have a need today, make up your mind right now, at the end of this service, there are going to be prayer team members standing right here in front, of this, in front of this stage, ready to pray with you. They have been anxious. They have been, they have been working on their prayers all week long, getting ready to pray with you about this. And, and so come this morning, join hands with them, say, I need God, to do, and just give them a little quick thing. You don't have to give them the whole story and tell them, and agree in prayer because Jesus said, where two of you agree on this earth, my Father will do it for you, my Father that is in heaven. So pray in agreement with prayer because that, that's just the way God set it up. You, and you, I, don't, I don't really think that's weird. But if you do, it really doesn't matter. God said, if you do it this way, this way then this is how I'm going to handle it. This is how I'm going to bring your need to pass. This is how I'm going to take care of it. And if he says that, it doesn't matter how weird it is anyway. Does it? Okay, here, here's the, the last one. He's pray in faith. Pray in faith. Anybody, any of y'all ever pray any atheist prayers? Yeah, you do. Here's what I mean is you pray something, and in your heart, you don't believe it's really going to happen. You know what I mean? Really, you're praying, but yeah, it probably ain't going you to happen. If you said it out loud, you'd say, it's probably not going to happen. Pray in atheist prayers. You know what James says about that? There's a scripture. You know what James says about that person? That person might as well just save his, save his breath because he is going to get nothing from God. You've got to pray in faith. You've got to believe in faith. And, if you have, and, and even if it's just this little bit, you know what that scripture, go to Matthew 20, you know what that scripture right there says? Just this little bit of faith is enough to move them out. And okay, now I'm going to tell you about how pastor's weird. All right, y'all already know that though anyway, right? <laughs> pastor's a little, gets a little weird every once in a while. I'm not really a weird person most of the time, but when God tells me to do something, I said, man, and I need something done, okay, let me, let me just go ahead and say it. And let me just go ahead and tell you this story real quick, okay? So y'all know we're building a house, right? We're actually trying to finish the house. Prayers are appreciated. Um, we're trying to finish this house, get moved in. And my family is really glad that I'm building a house because it has given me more stories to tell on Sunday morning instead of having to just rely on all their mistakes and stuff that I would tell as used as examples, right? And so, so uh, we, we, we decided to put our house down a hill. And uh, Excavators come out and they and, and listen. I'm not there when they get started. We've talked about it. Here's how we're going to build this road and everything. I wasn't there when they get started. I get over there and they have cut this road straight down a hill, straight down the hill. Now I don't know if you know anything, but the, the steepest way to build a road is straight down a hill. Okay. After two record calls, you know, I'd say we got to do something about this. I told the guys that day they didn't want to mess with it. They they were done. These were the guys that everybody recommended, and I'd used them for something else, and they didn't, they didn't want to mess with it anymore. So I finally found somebody else. He came out, and he cut another road. He, he kind of swung out a little bit. Awesome, wonderful. Uh, can't you take it down just a little bit more? He said, I think you're going to be good. Let's get some gravel on it, and we'll see. So we got some gravel on it. I mean, most everybody could get up. Uh, I, I, we didn't have any more record calls. We got everybody out, but people were still getting stuck. You know, and, and 
And you know what? I couldn't get him to come back either. I started making phone calls. I tried to get excavators to get out there and help us. Couldn't get anybody to help. Some of you, you know, I text some of you, said, do you know an excavator? Anybody with a bobcat, anybody with something, get out there and help me with this road. And people didn't know anybody, or people would recommend people that I'd already tried. And nobody wanted to get out there. Nobody wanted to come there. And then finally somebody said, they talked to someone and talked to someone. And it was actually a, a Christian connection, which that was a good thing for me. I thought, okay, this thing's going to happen maybe. And the guy comes out there. Right before he comes out there, I'm standing on, I'm standing on the porch of, of our house, and I'm looking up at this hill in front of me that is standing between me and, and everybody getting to come see me after my house is finished, right? <laughs> and, you know, and I'm looking at that hill, and it's not a huge hill, okay? But it's just, it's just too steep the way it's cut. And I'm looking at that, and there's, 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 like, this, there's like this crown right there that needs to go away. And I just felt impressed by the Spirit of God. If you have faith, it's a grain of a mustard seed. And you know what? I, I said, in the name of Jesus, I command that crown of that hill right there to be gone, however it needs to go. And this third guy showed up, and uh, I tell you also, he was cheaper than uh, the, both of the first two guys. And he showed up, and he spent about two days out there, and he cut it down. And the guy that's ready to, resur uh, that's ready to surface our, our road, our driveway, he came out, and he said, that looks great. That's one of you said you won't have any problems with that. Yeah, pastor, that's weird. But Jesus said, if you have faith, it's a grain of mustard seed. That, that, that I wish I could show you a picture to let you really see how it changed. But he, he took it down five feet in some areas. You know, and... The crown was gone because in the name of Jesus, it is gone. You see, here's, here's one of the things you've got to remember. If you're going to pray a prayer that reveals the power of God, you, it's, this is the next slide, go ahead there, Tommy. If, you, if you're going to pray a prayer that reveals the power of God, then you have to connect Jesus to that prayer. I think I said it backwards, that's why I didn't know if he'd get it, that that's where I was going. Like in Acts chapter 3, when Peter and John were asked for some money from a beggar, Simon Peter said, we don't have any silver and gold, but what we have, we're going to give you. Rise up and walk. That's not what he said. I can give you King James because that's the way I learned it way back when I was younger, okay? Here's, here's what he said. He said, silver and gold. He said, he, said, he said, fix your eyes on us. And the man looked at him, expecting to receive some alms. And he said, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand and lifted him up. And immediately his ankle bones and legs received strength. And he went walking and leaping and, and glorifying God into the temple. Why? Because the first time I quoted that to you, I did it on purpose. I left something out. He made sure to connect Jesus to the prayer. And Jesus, you know, the word of God tells us in the Old Testament that God's a jealous God. He wants his glory. And, you know, what Jesus calls it, when, when these kinds of things happen, he calls it signs following believers. Miracles are signs following believers. What are signs? They point the direction, right? They point the way. So what he's talking about, these things, when these things happen, they are supposed to be signs that point people to Jesus. So just praying the prayer is not enough. You need to make sure that you connect that prayer to Jesus. That's why it's so important if you get the opportunity to pray for someone, pray for them right then so you can make sure to say, in the name of Jesus, amen. By the, by the blood of Jesus, amen. 
in, in his name or, or, or some of those, some of those uh, scriptures that we talked about that we, turn, you know, we can turn into prayers and to connect those things because only when you do that do people get it that Jesus did this because if you're not careful, the th same thing could happen to you that happened to the disciples and the ap apostle Paul is a lot of people thought they were gods because miracles were happening to them. I, I, I know. People that you work with, they're not going to think you're a god because they see all that stuff you mess up on too, right? But, it's, but still, you know, you don't want them to think that it's anything except the power of Jesus Christ. Pray the prayer. Now, I'll spend all my time right there. I want to hit these last two real quick. Here's, here's the second one. second thing we need to be doing to impact our communities is speak words of life. We don't mean to speak words of death, but we do. We don't mean to speak curses, but we do. Y'all know what a curse is? It's, it's the opposite of a blessing. When you speak something that lifts somebody up, that's a blessing. When you speak something that takes somebody down, that's a curse. And you know, when someone cuts you off in traffic and you speak a curse over them, I didn't say you used a four-letter word. Oh, we, we think those things are really, really bad. But if you can figure out a way to say it without using a four-letter word, we think it's okay as a Christian, right? Amen or oh me? As long as you don't use a four-letter word or one of your fingers, we think it's all right. But when we speak, you know, you are so stupid. They didn't hear me, though, Pastor. I didn't roll my window down. You know, they didn't hear me, though, Pastor, but we're speaking those kinds of things. We don't mean to speak them, but we do. And, and I'm guilty, okay? I'm guilty. I, you know, I got some pet peeves about traffic, and we'll talk about them another time, okay? But, but let, me, let me throw these things out, show you this. Words are powerful. Matthew 12, 37, the words you say will either quit you or condemn you. Proverbs 18, 21, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Uh, that's a good one to remember, isn't it? You got somebody that talks around you all the time, right? Romans 10, 10, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. That's how you become saved, that by openly declaring your faith. There is power in our words. Why? Because God set it up that way. I didn't choose it that way. You didn't choose it. God said, I'm going to make your words powerful. They're either going to lift you up or take you down. So we need to be speaking faith, and we need to be speaking hope. We need, need to be speaking peace. We need to be speaking joy. Are there any places around you that need some peace? then we need to be speaking some peace. Come on, we need to be speaking love. We need to be speaking joy. We need to be speaking hope in that. And how do we do that? Uh, Ephesians 4, 29, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear everything you say. Make everything you say, even driving down the road when you get cut off in traffic, when I get cut off in the traffic, you know? Let everything you say be good and helpful. How do, you, how do you do that? Jeremiah 29, 11 is just a great hope scripture, right? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. You need to know some of those so that, so that you can share those with people. You know, and, and you can't share those scriptures unless you know those scriptures. You can't apply those in prayer unless you know those scriptures. So you got to know them. And look at this one. I, I got I to I give you this one before I wrap this up. 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 16, 17. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal comfort and a wonderful hope comfort you and strengthen you in every good thing that you do and say. Who talks like that? Do you know anybody that talks like that? I mean, people don't talk like that, do they? I mean, that's such flowery words and everything. I know people that talk like that, though. 
I know people that talk like that. It's like every time you ask, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so blessed. You know, I know people talk, you know what? They're weird. Come on, come on, you're thinking that too. People that talk like that are weird. But let me tell you something about those weird people that talk like that. It is almost impossible to speak in doubt around those people. It's almost impossible to speak negative. It's almost impossible to not believe God when they're just telling you about the comfort of God and they're telling you about His grace. They're telling you about His goodness and everything is just dripping off their tongues about how great God is. It's hard to believe anything but great things are going to happen because of God. And you know what? Maybe we don't have to talk exactly like that, but the more we talk like that, then the more people around us will also not be able to even think in ways of doubt. But they will think in ways of power. They will think in ways of comfort. They will think in ways of peace. They will think in ways of, of love and, and hope and faith if we begin talking like that. And we need to... Bring me that next slide up just so I can read this with you. You need to see yourself speaking words like seeds that bring life everywhere they are sown. You see, where, wherever you speak your words, they're seeds. And you need to see yourself as sowing good seed everywhere you go so it can grow into something awesome and amazing. You need to see yourself that. Last thing. Last thing. This, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit this real quick and go, okay? We've got we to wrap up because the kids' workers have already asked me how long I was going to be today. All right. Is this last thing? Pray the prayer. Speak words of life. And find, find fulfillment and purpose. Find purpose in serving. I'm sorry. Find purpose in serving. Find purpose in serving. You know, don't just pray the prayer for your family. Don't just pray the prayer that reveals the power of God for your family. Don't just speak words of life into your little circles, but into your big circles too. Find purpose in serving because, next slide, it is impossible to have a positive impact on others while focused on yourself. You can't do it. You cannot positively, positively impact others while you're focused on yourself. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.